Greetings, fellow travelers, vagrants, explorers, wildlanders, and welcome to episode 32 of the Retro Wildlands. My name is Nomad, and this is my gaming podcast where I like to share my thoughts and experiences with a video game that I have discovered or rediscovered while roaming the gaming wildlands. Thank you very much for tuning into the show today. I am very happy to have you with us on our expedition into the wildlands today. On today's episode, I thought it would be fun to drop another of my personal top 10 lists on you for your listening pleasure. My top 10 lists are generally shorter, more focused episodes, so be sure to grab your seats around the campfire quickly. We're going to be jumping right in pretty quick. So for the last couple weeks, I've been playing the new Final Fantasy Rhythm game called Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line on my Nintendo Switch, and I have been loving this game. I've been having a blast going back and listening to some of my favorite Final Fantasy music. And while most of the music is pretty damn incredible on its own, there's some tracks that have sparked waves and waves of nostalgia for me. When I sat back and thought about it the other day, I found that it was a lot of the boss music that really got me going. But I had to wonder, why was that though? Sure, most boss music is upbeat and can be quite catchy sometimes, but it's a lot more than that. Take a moment now and think about a boss battle theme that really sticks with you. For me, when I think back, it's not just the music that stands out to me. It's the long journey that got me to that battle in the first place. The boss battle itself wasn't just a moment in time. It was a culmination of all of my trials and tribulations up to that point. I had waded through countless regular battles or played through normal stages to work my way to this boss battle. The time had come to prove that I had what it took to stand toe-to-toe with whatever stood in my way and conquer it. That's what a boss battle does for me, and the music that plays during these epic showdowns can be uplifting, inspiring, and instill us with the strength that we need to move forward. And other times, the music just fucking slaps, and I can't get enough of it. So today, I'm going to count down for you my personal top 10 favorite boss themes. Now before we begin, my usual disclaimer when it comes to lists. This is my personal list, and it will more than likely be different than yours. These are strictly my opinions, and if yours and mine are not the same, that is okay. I am eager to hear what your lists of top 10 boss themes are, or just some of your favorites in general. It would be awesome if you reached out to us on social media and let me know. The Retro Wildlands can be found over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All you have to do is search at Retro Wildlands and you should find us. A few of you already did this past week when I made a call out for comments, and I'll be working through those comments during today's episode, so it should be a pretty good time to hear what some of your favorite boss themes are. Now, if this is your first episode of the Retro Wildlands, first, allow me to say welcome and that I'm happy to have you with us. But second, before we begin our regular episodes, I usually take some time to give everyone a peek behind the scenes here in the Retro Wildlands. But for episodes like these, I tend to skip the the behind-the-scenes chit-chat session in favor of a more focused episode, so just letting you know now in case you listen to another episode and wonder why the hell I'm rambling so much. But anyway, I think that'll cover it. 
So let's get into this thing. It's time to sharpen our swords, load our weapons, and steal our resolve. Let's count down my top 10 favorite boss themes. There's a lot of video game music out there that just sticks with us. The main theme from The Legend of Zelda, Inside the Castle in Super Mario 64, The Emerald Hill Zone in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. These music tracks are the anthem we march to while we make our way towards our ultimate goal. Conquering the dungeon, saving the princess, or even just becoming a hero. But on any journey, we'll be faced with harder challenges. Maybe it's a stronger enemy that's been sent to test our mettle. Perhaps it's the right-hand man of the game's big bad. It could even be your sworn rival, or even the bastard that killed your parents. No matter the reason for the fight, these boss fights are almost inevitable on our journeys. However, these fights aren't just something we go through the motions and see our way through to the end. These fights can be some of the most epic experiences we get to partake in as gamers. Boss fights can be hard, but they can also be unique, bringing a unique spin on the gameplay experience, for instance. They can be essential storytelling experiences where the narrative can only move forward through the heat of battle. But if there's anything that we can all agree on, it's that some of the most memorable boss fights stay with us long after the battle is over. And along with the experience we had, it's the music that solidifies that experience. All of us have our favorites, and today, I'm going to count down for you my personal favorite list of top 10 boss themes. Okay, so let me set up the criteria. First, this is my own personal list, and I'm sure it will be different than yours, and that's okay. I determined the order of my list based on my personal like of the song, and I took into account how much I still listen to it on its own today. Second, I decided to only include boss themes from games that I have personally played. This way, I've not only heard the theme, I've actually played through the actual boss fight itself with the music playing, so I have that first-hand experience to speak to. So that said, if there's something you think should have been on this list that isn't, it's probably not there because I probably just haven't played the game yet. Third, I purposefully left off One Winged Angel from Final Fantasy VII from my list. While this track is an absolute banger and practically god-tier, it's a shoe-in for pretty much anyone's number one favorite boss theme, so I left it off in favor of letting some other tracks shine. Before we get into the list, I did want to call out a couple comments that we got from the Wildlands community that didn't quite make my personal list. Jay from the Waffling Taylors podcast reached out on our Twitter and said, 
Setting aside the easy answer of one-winged angel, choosing it is kind of cheating because of how good it is, open your heart from Sonic Adventure and live and learn from Sonic Adventure 2 are pretty baller. But the boss music from the TNMT NES game holds a special place for me. I absolutely agree with the thoughts behind One Wing Angel, like I said, and I do have an appreciation for both of the Sonic Adventure tunes. While I've not played either Sonic Adventure game yet, I have heard both of these tracks, and they are great tunes in their own right. But the boss theme that plays in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the original Nintendo was, honest to God, my number 11 on my personal list. I used to play this game a ton when I used to live with my grandmother when I was a kid, and the boss music in that game was just something special. To me, it's not a standout musical number, and it doesn't really stand too far above other tracks in that regard, but it was the perfect addition when facing off against enemies like Bebop and Rocksteady. Anytime I hear it, I think of my ninja adventures, and I also think of my grandmother's amazing cooking and her wonderful warmth. So yeah, I feel you on that one, Jay. Thanks for commenting this week, my friend. It's always great to hear from you. Squidge from the Waffling Tailors podcast also chimed in on our Twitter and said, I would have to say the boss theme in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for the Genesis. I hated it in the boss stages. It did its purpose, I suppose. I had it as my alarm on my phone for years, woke up freaked out every morning. So I've never had the pleasure of playing this game yet, so I took to the interwebs to listen to this track and, well, I have to agree, I think it makes an excellent alarm tone. If you're looking to get out of bed with the minimal amount of sleep still lingering in your head, the boss theme for Michael Jackson's Moonwalker is just perfect for anyone. While I do like some of the tracks in this game, this boss theme, unfortunately, is not quite making my list today. Thanks for chiming in this week, Squidge. I could always count on you for a good chuckle, and I appreciate that about you. We had a couple more comments, but those were comments about a boss theme that actually made my top 10. Where did they land? Well, we're just going to have to get into it and find out. Let's get this show on the road, my friends. Here is my definitive list, which can change without notice, of my top 10 favorite video game boss themes. Number 10. Number 10 on my list is Base Boss from Contra on the NES. If you've played Contra before, you already know how awesome that whole soundtrack is as a whole. But the boss music in this game is special to me because, at least when I was younger, I rarely got to hear it. Contra is not an easy game and requires an incredible amount of focus. 
as you make your way through the first couple stages, you're slowly learning enemy patterns and getting a feel for the snare drum tight controls. With any luck, you've picked up a spread gun and you're holding on to it with all you have. While the music in the regular stages does a fantastic job of pushing you forward, the boss music changes up the tone quickly. You cannot afford any dumb mistakes leading up to this moment before, and you certainly can't now. The bass boss track starts off with a lower, more serious tone. It makes you understand the gravity of the situation that you're in. You have to focus and fight your hardest to see yourself the victor. I always found myself leaning a little bit more forward in my seat when the battle starts, just to get settled in. When the music reaches its crescendo, you can't help but feel even more empowered. It's a fantastic track that makes you feel determined, gives you a sense of hope, but never lets you lower your guard. You're an elite commando, and anything less than 100% effort is a surefire way to taste defeat. And when you do end up winning the fight, you know damn well that you earned that victory. Contra's amazing soundtrack will always be one of my absolute favorites overall, and the bass boss theme is one that I'll never tire of hearing as I push forward on my quest to save the world. Number 9 Number 9 is the boss theme from Star Fox, specifically the music that plays at the end of the first stage and at the end of the meteor stage, the one you get to on the easiest path. Star Fox on the Super Nintendo has a soundtrack that perfectly encapsulates the game experience the developers tried to make. Set primarily in space and on other planets, Star Fox sees us traveling through the galaxy on our way to planet Venom to confront the evil Andros and restore peace and prosperity to the Lilat system. This game is very much about the futuristic spaceships, space combat, and wondrous sights. The music's almost metallic tone really emphasizes all of this, but can also relay a sense of wonder as you explore new worlds and discover new things. Each stage has a new set of challenges with regard to enemies and obstacles, and the soundtrack on its own does a great job of setting the mood for each unique stage while driving the player forward. Sometimes they can be tense tracks, other times they can be even a little carefree. But when it comes time to face the boss at the end of the stage, the music really reminds you that the stakes are high and your enemy is playing for keeps. I really enjoy the way the music sounds, almost like an electric guitar in these moments. Star Fox is a game that I played a lot when I was younger because it was one of only a few Super Nintendo games I actually had for a while. 
I loved pretending it was me in the cockpit of the R-Wing, barrel rolling away from incoming fire and blasting the opposition out of the sky. My favorite boss to fight was the Dancing Insector at the end of the meteor stage. This battle really wasn't all that hard, but I love that it required me to be extra maneuverable when it came to dodging incoming attacks. I'm not really sure what it is, but I love evading incoming attacks at the last moment. This boss would throw molten lava balls at you and even throw itself at you, but a well-timed juke will keep you safe, and then you can come right back and immediately go on the offensive. All the while, the amazing boss music is pumping through your speakers, making you feel like a badass while you do it. Number 8 My number 8 is one I am not sure everyone has heard, so I am excited to show this one a little love. This one is the boss battle music from Skies of Arcadia, arguably the best RPG on the Sega Dreamcast and potentially the Nintendo GameCube. I was fortunate enough to have gotten this game alongside Resident Evil Code Veronica for the Sega Dreamcast one Christmas, and I fell in love with the gameplay immediately. I put a ton of hours into this game and played through it to completion at least twice. Here's a fun random fact for you. Back when I was in high school, I was interested in making websites, so I actually took a web development class that my high school offered at the time. As I learned new HTML tags and new JavaScripts, I put my knowledge to work by creating my own Skies of Arcadia website. It had everything. I wrote a complete walkthrough, made pages for all the weapons and spells you could cast. It was awesome. I never did finish it, and the script is now lost to time, but yeah, Skies of Arcadia is a magnificent game to me. But outside the core gameplay experience, what really set this game apart from the others for me was the amazing soundtrack. This game is all about the adventure you have on the high seas, or rather the adventure you have in the sky. There's epic battles, daring getaways, high-risk ship battles, it's all here. And the soundtrack does an amazing job of capturing the spirit of it all. It's hard not to feel like a pirate when it's all said and done. Now, one thing that makes the soundtrack in Skies of Arcadia so unique to me is that a song playing has the potential to change depending on where you are or even how things change in battle. When you're in your ship and you're traveling the overworld, the music playing will change a little when you get close to a major city. For instance, the music will take on a more militaristic tone when you're near the evil empire of Valua. 
the musical transition is very seamless too. Best thing I can compare it to is how the music changes when Mario gets on top of Yoshi in Super Mario World. So while the changing music is pretty cool in Skies of Arcadia on its own, it really shines when it comes to the boss music. So when you start the battle, the music plays as normal, just like you heard. It's a pretty basic track that's perfect for an epic battle. It's tense and brooding and puts you in the mindset of a tactician, where you're feeling out your opponent and trying to see how best to turn the tide of battle in your favor. Most boss battles in this game aren't just slugfests. You want to take your time and have your characters work together to start turning the tide. But here's the cool part. If you start doing poorly in battle, and the boss gets the upper hand on you, the music will change and become even more tense. It even creates a sense of dread, and may even invoke a sense of panic. But any battle can be turned around, and if you can turn the tables and even start to get the boss on the ropes, the music then becomes triumphant, signaling that you're almost to victory. It is such a simple concept, but this shifting of the music gave each boss battle meaning. They were true challenges at times, and when I was near victory and the boss theme became my battle cry, I knew nothing would stop me on my journey to become a full-fledged air pirate. Number 7 My number 7 favorite boss theme comes from Pokemon Red, Blue, Yellow, when you battle another Pokemon trainer. Now I'm not 100% sure if battling trainers in Red, Blue, Yellow counts as boss battles per se, but my personal example absolutely qualifies, so hear me out. Pokemon Red holds a special place in my memories, but it might not be for the same reasons this game is special to some of you. 
When you play a Pokemon game, obviously the biggest draw is catching as many Pokemon as you can, with the goal of one day catching them all. While I certainly found that to be as appealing as the next person, I had more fun leveling up my Pokemon and making them stronger by battling. I loved building up strong teams of Pokemon that complemented each other, and nothing made me happier than when I would just one-hit kill most everything I came across. But eventually a time would come when laying waste to wild Pokemon kinda got stagnant. When you have a team of max level Pokemon, you start to want a bigger challenge. And while battling other trainers and the gym leaders added a layer of challenge, it still wasn't quite enough for me. I needed to face another human being and test my best Pokemon team against them. I needed to know if I was the very best like no one ever was. But the problem for me was, I'm an only child so I don't have a sibling to battle against. And none of my friends back then had Pokemon for me to battle them either. Hope was waning, but little did I know, my prayers would be answered one summer day at a local campground of all places. I remember one weekend my parents and I decided to go camping at a local campground. It was the kind where you could pitch a tent on a specified plot of land. I had to convince my mom to let me take my Game Boy and Link Cable. What if there's another kid I can play with? You never know. Eventually, my mom relented and let me take it with me. Lo and behold, there was a family that was setting up camp in the plot next to us. And their son had a Game Boy. And he had Pokemon. So after getting to know him a little bit, he agreed to do battle with me. So that evening, the two of us gathered in my tent with nothing but a small lamp to light our screens. We connected the link cable and initiated battle. I am 99% sure that this was the boss theme that played over our Game Boys while we fought. The moment was so tense for me, but at the same time, I could not be more excited. I was finally facing the ultimate challenge. Now, other than a max level Charizard and a max level Moltres, I don't remember what other Pokemon I had on my team, but all I know is the battle was fierce. Every time I would KO one of this kid's Pokemon, he would take out one of mine. In the end, it was my Moltres against his Zapdos. While my Moltres was at max level, his Zapdos packed a hell of a punch. I can't remember the specifics, but I think my Moltres was weak against electrical attacks because it was a flying type. Don't quote me, and don't come after me if I'm wrong. I know you Pokemon diehards out there are pretty intense about your games, so please cut me a little slack. But anyway... His Zapdos was pretty wounded by the time I had to call in my Moltres, so I thought I had victory sealed. But then, his Zapdos hit me with an attack so powerful, all I could do was watch my life bar slowly fall away. I was convinced that I was defeated, and I started to lower my Game Boy in shame. But, the unthinkable happened. Moltres survived the attack with one hit point left. One! I was able to attack Zapdos one more time, and it was enough to win the battle. I had done it. I had beat this random kid at Pokemon. And at the end of it all, 
both of us had a pretty good time playing together, and I ended up hanging out with him for most of the camping trip. But man, did I feel like a million bucks that whole weekend. And while I don't remember that kid's name, I hope he knows that I have nothing but respect for him. That moment was one of the purest gaming moments I have. And it was the last time I played Pokemon Red. At that point, I had surpassed every single challenge and done everything I've wanted to do with that game. So yeah, whenever I hear that boss theme, I remember the time I faced the ultimate challenge and came out a winner. Number 6 Six on my list of favorite boss themes goes to the first stage in Dr. Wily's castle from Mega Man 2. Now this level isn't a boss battle per se, so technically it may not count, but this is the theme that everyone seems to bring up when thinking about Dr. Wily in this game, so I'm gonna go with it. Hell, it's my show, so it counts. Not only that, a couple of you felt the same way I did. On our Retro Wildlands Twitter page, the Game Junction sounded off with their favorite boss theme and called out, Mega Man 2 All Day, Dr. Wily. As well as Retro Goob. Retro Gub? I'm gonna go with Retro Gub. Sorry if I butchered your handle. But Retro said his favorite was Dr. Wily's Castle, Mega Man 2. I was pretty impressed with Mega Man 2 when I finally got a chance to play it through late last year. Shameless plug, we covered Mega Man 2 on episode 17 of the podcast, if you're interested in my thoughts at all. But anyway, other than the great gameplay experience, the soundtrack is practically a masterpiece on its own. Every single track in that game had such a unique feel to it and really had a way of propelling the player forward to the end of each stage. Since every stage had its own robot master to overcome and a unique gameplay experience leading up to it, you couldn't help but feel a sense of pride as you conquered each one of them and took their powers for your own. When the last robot master fell before you, you could finally make your way to Dr. Wily's castle. While the castle had multiple stages that needed to be conquered before you could face off with the Mad Doctor himself, it was the very first stage and this music that really got you pumped. When you finally make it to the final area of any game, it needs to feel special. You've poured your blood, sweat, and tears into this game up to this point, and you fucking earned this moment. With all the Robot Master powers under your belt, as well as a couple extras, it was time for you to take on Wily, and the theme that played during this stage was your battle cry. It instills with you determination and a resolve that few themes can. You almost can't help but have a smirk on your face while you're in this first part of Wily's castle. It's just that good of a song. And, of all the chiptunes and old retro tracks out there, 
The music in the first part of Dr. Wily's Castle really lends itself to heavy metal really, really well. There's several YouTubers out there that remix retro tunes into metal tracks, and this song is one of my favorites. If you listen to this tune and you don't nod your head, you might need to turn up the volume a little bit. This theme is just straight up awesome. Number 5 Number 5 on my list is the boss theme from Metal Gear Solid. This track is called Duel, and it more than lives up to its name. I'd like to think that most people have probably heard of Metal Gear Solid, even if they haven't played it. It was a -a one-of-a-kind gaming experience on the original PlayStation, and one of my favorite games of all time. While the game pretty much speaks for itself, I will never forget the very first time I played through this game. My stepdad and I played it together, and it was one of the few games that he got to use with our state-of-the-art Bose sound system. I love that we got to enjoy the story together, even if it was a little convoluted in some parts. But I'll never forget how he and I would try and work together anytime we faced any one of the game's many bosses. While there's plenty of reasons Metal Gear Solid stands apart from so many other games, I argue the boss battles are one of the best things about this entire experience. Every one of them was unique and required a specific strategy or tactic in order to become the victor. As you faced each member of the Foxhound unit, it really was like the name of the boss theme implied. It was a duel. It could be a duel of strength, a duel of agility, or even a duel of the mind. The music was tense, but brought with it a tinge of determination as you sunk into the role of Solid Snake and tried to outwit and outgun your opponents. There was the boss fight against Revolver Ocelot while the arms tech president was strapped to a metal beam in the middle of the room, tied down with C4 tripwires. There was the M1 tank, where you had to toss grenades down the gunner's hatch to destroy it from within. And there was the hand-to-hand fist fight against the cyborg ninja. Oh, and who can forget that fight against Psycho Mantis, the member of Foxhound that could read your mind and predict your every move. I love figuring out how to best battle all of these bosses, and I will never forget that feeling that I got when we figured out the strategy we needed to see ourselves to victory. While I'll never have that feeling again now that I know how to fight all these enemies, I'll still cherish those initial fights. Each one was a true challenge, and while we were playing as Solid Snake, the most formidable soldier on the battlefield, I couldn't help but feel a little intimidated by everyone who wanted me dead. But one by one, each of my foes fell, and I moved closer to my objective. Metal Gear.
Number four. Super Mario World, the evil King Bowser comes in at my number four favorite boss theme. I have to imagine if you grew up in the 80s or 90s and you played video games in any capacity, you've played Super Mario World, right? That game did such a wonderful job of making each world feel so unique and so special. While Yoshi's Island and Donut Plains were sort of your standard green trees and blue skies sort of zones, they still had great personalities. But the variety really started to set in for me when I think of places like the Vanilla Dome, the Forest of Illusion, and the Chocolate Island. I love the Vanilla Dome. That was the one area that took place primarily inside of a huge cave. And while that almost sounds boring to say, it was anything but. There were a decent amount of secrets to find, and I loved how the sound effects would echo off the cave walls, solidifying the experience. And I love the Forest of Illusion, specifically the ghost house that you can go to pretty early on in that area. But once you make your way past the Chocolate Island, you'll enter the Valley of Bowser. The whole mood of the game shifts at this point. No longer are you tromping around Dinosaur Island having a grand old time with your pal Yoshi. Things get deadly serious when you enter this world. The sky is black, the landscape is barren, the music becomes edgier, almost in a metallic sort of way. In the distance, you can see Bowser's castle. Every now and then, lightning would strike and you would see Bowser himself floating in the sky, the darkness of night concealing most of him. Standing between you and the final showdown are a few more stages left to conquer. That is, unless you gained access to the Star Road and skipped most of the game, but even still. Knowing that you're nearing the end of your journey is enough to get you amped. I remember the very first time I beat this game. I actually took my Super Nintendo on a trip to Myrtle Beach with me one year. My friends and I put countless hours into this game, until one day we finally made it to Bowser's Castle. After navigating through the multiple pathways inside the castle, we finally made it to the roof where Bowser awaited in his flying machine. The boss music here is nothing short of pure evil and malice but it also had a sick-ass beat that really made it fun to listen to. It's the kind of music that really exemplifies that final boss feel. There's no more coins, there's no more power-ups. You've conquered Dinosaur Island, seen all of its lush greenery, and uncovered all of its secrets. You've journeyed with Yoshi and maybe used him as a stepping stool to get past some of those larger pitfalls. But now, it's just you and Bowser. 
The fight starts almost immediately as Bowser swoops down to attack you. He's too high up to jump and stomp on, so you have to find another method. Sometimes Bowser will toss out these wind-up looking toy enemies, I think they're called Mecha Koopas. You would have to stomp on them to get them to stop moving towards you. At first, we didn't know what to do until one of my friends figured out that we could actually pick one of these enemies up. At that point, we figured out that we had to throw them up and get them to land on Bowser's head. That's going to deal him damage. The battle was intense, and sometimes Bowser would fly off screen and the music would cut out for a moment. After a moment of raining down fireballs at us, he would appear on screen again. Just before Bowser could begin his attack again, Princess Peach would come out and scream for help. She was so close! We had to win! The music would start again and the tempo would be faster. Bowser himself would become even more aggressive at this point too. But my friends and I stuck with it and eventually we won the day. Bowser started spinning around on screen and Princess Peach was dropped to safety on the ground. Right after that, Bowser was flung away, never to be seen again. At least not until the next Mario game. The boss theme here is a perfect example of a track that just emanates that final battle feel. My friends and I had spent so much time trying to uncover all the secrets in Super Mario World when we were on that vacation. The final battle was almost a tribute to us as players, celebrating everything we had done up to this point while giving us one final hurrah to go out on. I'll never forget how enamored we were with a Super Nintendo game when systems like the PlayStation 2 and Xbox were the thing at the time. And while the music itself is pretty badass on its own, the reason I hold this track so high up is that it reminds me of a time I got to play through a game with some of my closest friends, and the memories it created for me are ones that I still cherish today. Anytime I send Bowser flying into the night sky, I will always remember the time my friends and I banded together to save Princess Peach. Number 3 My pick for number three is probably one that nobody saw coming. This is the boss theme from Parasite Eve called Influence of Deep, and it would play anytime you would face off with the game's main antagonist, Eve. 
Parasite Eve was a game that I played a ton of when I was a kid, and it remains a special game to me, even today. The soundtrack as a whole was always something special. Composed by Yoko Shimamura, who has video game soundtracks under her belt like the Kingdom Hearts franchise, Final Fantasy XV, Super Mario RPG, and even Front Mission, the soundtrack in this game continues to be one of the most memorable and unique for me. In Parasite Eve, you play as Aya Brea, a member of the NYPD who finds herself going toe-to-toe with the game's main antagonist, Eve. Eve is a being who has taken over an opera singer via her mitochondria, and is constantly challenging and provoking Aya throughout the entirety of the game. Aya's own mitochondria have awoken, and she finds herself gifted with some incredible powers as well. One of the main story hooks is trying to unravel the mystery of Eve, her origins, and how Aya herself fits into it all. Both of these women are bound by their mitochondria, and a sort of rivalry is born. Just like Aya, the player is sort of drawn towards Eve, and each time the two meet, we learn just a little bit more about the story and get just a little bit more understanding as to what's happening. But oftentimes when we find Eve, we end up doing battle with her, and the boss theme that plays here is one of the most unique, most memorable tracks for me as a gamer. The music itself is very organic sounding, and it's almost sinister. But what makes it so good is the inclusion of the opera vocalizations. The music sort of tugs and pulls you in a couple different directions as you go. You get a sense of determination and that forward drive, but the opera singing starts and it's almost like Eve herself is pushing back on the player, reminding you that her presence and power are real. And if we're looking at it as purely a music track, it just sounds cool as hell. When I play Parasite Eve, I most look forward to the boss battles because I love these epic clashes of inner strength and will. Throughout the story, Aya tries so hard to stay true to herself and muster the inner strength needed to defeat her rival. But Eve is always goading Aya, trying to convince her that she's so much more than just a mere human, and tries to turn Aya to her cause. These boss battles may be a physical challenge to the player, but they're more a mental challenge for Aya herself. There aren't too many hero-villain combinations in gaming that have this sort of dynamic, but that's why this boss theme is so high on my personal list. And goddamn, I'm not an opera fan personally, but you cannot deny how badass this track gets the moment that opera singing starts. I think Parasite Eve is one of Yoko Shimamura's best works, and if you've never played this game before, what the hell are you waiting for? Number 2 
Number two on my list of top 10 boss themes is one so amazing and so iconic, it would have been criminal not to include it. This is the boss theme from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo. I think by default Turtles in Time is pretty high up on any retro gamer's list of favorite games, and most likely the reason for that is the amazing soundtrack. Every single one of the music tracks in this game is fantastic and will quickly get you nodding your head as you lay waste to the waves and waves of foot soldiers, rock soldiers, mousers, and pizza monsters. But the boss theme in this game is really something special, more so than just being an amazing track to listen to. On the surface, it's a great tune. A lot of the music in Turtles in Time is fairly carefree and upbeat most of the time. They're tailored to each level in such a way that makes them memorable and unique. You're nodding your head, maybe even tapping your foot, and if you're anything like me, you're using the stage music as a weapon all its own to keep you focused and engaged in the fight. But when it comes time to face the boss at the end of each stage, that dynamic changes. At the very beginning of the level, you're given a blackened out silhouette of who or what the final boss of that stage is going to be. When I was a kid, the biggest driver for me was trying to figure out who each boss was before I got to them. Turtles in Time had characters based off the 1980s cartoon, so when I saw the outline of Baxter Stockman, or even Leatherhead, and knew who they were, I was instantly excited to face them in battle. There were others that I couldn't quite make out, and the mystery drove me. When it was time to face them and the climactic battle theme played, the carefree, upbeat music of the stage would fade away, and as soon as the boss music started, you knew it was time for business. The boss theme in this game is the epitome of turning your baseball hat around and sitting a little bit more forward in your chair. No more fucking around, it was time to dial it in and get focused. Each boss in this game had their own movement and attack patterns, and it was up to you to try and figure them out as quickly as you could so you could take them out. While this boss theme plays over all the boss battles in the game, except for the last one, I always felt this tune was most appropriate when fighting Shredder in the Technodrome, and he was in that big machine of his. This is the most unique boss battle in all of gaming, if I could be honest. The camera view switches to behind Shredder's shoulder as he's in his big robot trying to shoot you and grab you with his mechanical arms. In order to damage Shredder and defeat him, you have to grab the enemy foot soldiers in the area and throw them towards the screen. They would hit Shredder and do damage to him at that point. It sounds so simple, but it was such a unique concept that just utilized one aspect of the gameplay, and the tense nature of the boss theme playing really amplifies the experience and raises the stakes. Whenever I play Turtles in Time, I'm never not having a good time, especially if I'm playing with other people by my side. There might be better actual music tracks than this boss battle, but anytime I hear it, I instantly remember the times I used to play this game and how nostalgic it all is for me. It's a special game to me and one that I'll go back to from time to time just to relive the glory days. And this boss theme is my nostalgic anthem. Number 1 
My number one favorite boss theme is, admittedly, not from a retro game. Although, it originated from one. This is the boss theme when you fight the Airbuster in the Final Fantasy VII Remake. For anyone new to the show, or in case you haven't heard me say it, Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time. And I've heard all the arguments as to why some games in the series are better than this one, and I understand all the points. But this game is special to me for a myriad of reasons. One day I'll make an episode about this game and I'll get into all that, but that'll be for another time. Now, the boss theme in Final Fantasy VII is called Fight On, and it's an absolute banger on its own. And I was considering putting that one as my number one but they took the original boss theme from Final Fantasy VII and vastly improved upon it in the remake. The track from the remake is just over seven and a half minutes long and will constantly shift and change in tone as the player progresses in battle against the Airbuster boss. The changes in music are seamless and are just so natural. As you do more damage to the Airbuster and its tactics change, the music changes along with it. The orchestra that's playing the music brings home a masterful performance, and I can't help but listen to this theme any time I need to get myself pumped up for something. Seriously, this song was one of my top played tracks on Spotify all of last year, and it is just that awesome to me. Now, what makes this music so amazing in the Final Fantasy VII Remake isn't just how good it sounds, but how well it complements the battle that you're fighting in the game. You're playing as Cloud, Tifa, and Barret at this point, and you know ahead of time that this killing machine made by Shinra is waiting for you at the end of the section that you're in. Shinra wants to use the Airbuster as a way to take you out and broadcast it to all the citizens of Midgar. But think of what could happen to Shinra's credibility if you somehow defeated the Airbuster in front of everybody. This section of the game has you finding ways to sabotage the Airbuster before facing it in combat. While going through this section and doing everything you can to get the advantage, the threat of the Airbuster is always looming, and the sheer importance of winning this fight is always in your face. When it comes time to do battle, the scene set is very spectacular. Even after sabotaging the machine as much as you can, there's always this nagging in the back of your mind. Was it enough? Can I truly win this fight? But at this point, our heroes know that whatever comes, they need to face it now. When the battle starts and that music kicks in, I am always 100% hyped up, and I can't stop the smirk from forming on my face. When you're fighting the Airbuster, you have to keep the pressure up and use each member of your party to their fullest potential. You need to constantly be aware of what is happening, watch out for the Airbuster's visual attack cues, and make sure you're ready to react at a moment's notice. The fight itself rarely lets up, and it is a constant go, go, go. As the music changes and the Airbuster changes its tactics, you have to adapt as well. The boss theme here always felt like it was fighting alongside me, pushing me on, encouraging me. But the absolute best part of this entire music track is more than halfway through when you start to get the Airbuster on the ropes. You know you haven't quite won the battle yet, but you can sense the turning of the tide. 
you can almost start to see the finish line. And at this point, the music changes to further emphasize all of that. This part right here always gives me goosebumps, and I mean that. It's just an epic piece of music and further pulls you into the battle like no other boss theme can. You're fighting with all of your might with your allies by your side, and there is nothing else that matters in this moment. When you do finally win the battle and the song ends, the adrenaline that is built up to this point slowly drains away, but the memory of this epic battle will always endure. Good video games do a great job of immersing the player in the game world and help make you feel like the character you play as. This battle in Final Fantasy VII Remake will always stick with me because I was able to connect to a group of characters that mean so much to me personally. When hope was waning and the odds were against us, we found a way to make it out on top by never giving up and never accepting defeat. It sounds cliche, I know, but that's how we have to live our lives. No battle is unwinnable as long as we stay true to ourselves and trust that we can make it through. Because every epic battle can be won. That song will always give me chills. Oh, yeah. This has been episode 32 of the Retro Wildlands, my top 10 favorite video game boss themes. Thank you all so much for listening to the show today. I really appreciate it, and it was an absolute pleasure having you here. I'm sure my list was probably all over the place for some, and I know I was missing some pretty obvious choices given what games I have and haven't played up to this point, but I hope this episode was entertaining, and I hope these tunes bring some nostalgic moments to those who have heard these before or even done battle to them. There will always be a battle to fight or an obstacle to overcome. Sometimes it just takes the right music to push you over the edge and to ultimate victory. If you like the show and want to show it and myself some support, please consider subscribing to the podcast on your preferred podcasting platform. This way you'll be instantly notified anytime a new episode drops and you can get right into the action. I would also appreciate it if you could take a few minutes out of your day and leave us a good review on your podcasting platform if you're able to do so. Good reviews should help circulate the podcast, but more than that, it'll give me the warm and fuzzies, and I certainly appreciate those as well. If you want to give me any direct feedback on the show or just want to interact, you can follow us over on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube if you search at Retro Wildlands. 
I typically respond to DMs fairly quickly, and I love getting to know some people through comments and discussions on our posts, so if you want to come interact, this is where you can do it. Or, if nothing else, throw us a follow and every now and then I'll post something video game related that'll add some retro spice to your timelines and feeds. So, what's coming up next? I'm working through a couple retro games as we speak while also whittling away at the new Final Fantasy Rhythm game called Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line. I think I'd like to review that game on the show at some point, and I also want to talk about the new Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, but I'll be honest with you all. Things are getting a little crazy around here for me lately. Things at my adult job are starting to get pretty intense from a workload standpoint, my weekends are starting to get booked, and there's a ton of things I need to do in various other aspects of my personal life. I'm not entirely sure what game I'll be covering next, so I'm not going to guess. You'll just have to wait and see. Best thing to do, actually, is follow us on social media if you want to get the inside scoop. As soon as I pull the trigger and commit to the next episode, I tend to reveal that game on the weekend sometimes so you can get a leg up on what's coming. Or if you have a game in mind that you think I should check out, let me know over on social media as well. A few games that I have covered so far up to this point on the show have been recommendations from the community, so if it's a game that I have a way to play and I can make a compelling enough episode out of it, I will absolutely consider it. Either way, I am looking forward to seeing you again next time we take our expedition into the gaming wildlands. You'll always have a place with us, so don't be a stranger. Until then, my friends, my name is Nomad, and you can find me roaming the retro wildlands. <laughs> <laughs>